0: What are we discussing on today's podcast? Who asked? Well, guy, discussed that game three blown loss. To the Philadelphia Phillies discuss who should stay in the rotation when Zach Davies comes back, and is this bull is this bullpen good enough to compete on the highest level? Discussing all that on today's Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. <laughs> Welcome into the Locked on Dimebacks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to who? Always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas, I'm a multimedia journalist, and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. I'm there. You can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Locked on Diamondbacks on both Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Locked on Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all of that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. One of those platforms is YouTube, so please hit subscribe on the Locked on Diamondbacks YouTube channel. But for today's podcast, we first got to start with that D-backs loss to the Philadelphia Phillies because the D-backs lost an extra innings to the Phillies. They're now still eight games above 500. And this loss was so demoralizing because the D-backs had this game. It felt like they were going to win. They were on the edge of victory with two outs. And then all of a sudden, Trey Turner hits a two run shot. It's a tie game. D-backs go to extra innings and lose, of course, and guess what? If the D-backs would have won this game, they would have got their first series sweep of the season, like literally one out away from their first series sweep of the year. They were not able to get it done. Really disappointing stuff by the D-backs in today's game, so let's discuss what happened and why they didn't win. I think it really comes down to two things as to why the D-backs didn't win this game. unclutch offense were runners under the scoring position, and of course, Bullpen and more specifically, bullpen fatigue. Because Zach Allen, he was fine in this game. Zach Allen, the last couple starts, hasn't looked exactly locked in. Hasn't looked like that 30 inning streak, Zach Allen, that 40 inning streak, Zach Allen, like we've seen in the past. But he wasn't bad today. He pitched into the six. Five hits. He gave up two earned runs, but really it felt like those two earned runs should have went against Kevin Ginko because he was the guy. Kevin Ginkgo came in and gave up three hits, and he was the one adding all those earned runs to Zach Gallon. And I know when Zach Gallon left the game, he had 100 pitches, but to be honest, he only needed one more out. I would have been happy to see Zach Gallon get another 10 pitches to try and get that final out because I trust him more than I trust the bullpen. And sometimes you have to think about that if you're Tori Lovello and this D-backs coaching staff. Like, yes, Zach Gallen is on 100 pitches, but with one final out in the inning, I know he put two people on. Do you trust your bullpen to get that guy out over a Zach Gallen even with the fatigue? I do not. So I would have liked to see Zach Gallen stay in the ballgame and get that final out. And uh what inning was it? The sixth inning, but I don't think Zach Gallen was the reason the D-backs lost this game. Like I said, the first reason why the D-Backs lost today's game is because of their lack of ability to hit with runners scoring position. The D-backs are two with the D-backs are two for 15 with runners' scoring position, and they had two major opportunities to break this game open and just lock up the victory because in the Third inning of this game, the D-backs scored four runs, and then after that, they did not score anymore despite having multiple opportunities to do so because there was a point in the, let me see, what inning was it exactly? There was a point in the sixth inning where the D-backs started off the inning with a Christian Walker walk. Evan Longoria then walked right after him, and then Haven Smith walked. You had bases loaded, no outs off Three straight walks, and what did the D-backs do? They did not capitalize. Nick Ahmed struck out swinging, Dominic Fletcher struck out swinging, and then Jose Herrera ground out to third. Bases loaded, no outs. You're not able to get one run in that situation, and despite the Phillies struggling all year, we discussed on yesterday's podcast... That team, that lineup is loaded with offensive superstars and cannot take them lightly. Even if they're struggling like the Trey Turners of the world who came back to bite the D-backs in the ass today, you cannot take any of those players lightly. So when you're in the sixth inning and got bases loaded, no outs, even though you're up five runs, you can't take this Phillies team lightly because we know when you get to the bullpen, anything can happen. And we saw right away because the D-backs leave the sixth inning. They don't get any runs with the bases loaded, no outs. And they're still up five to nothing. But in the bottom of the sixth, that's when Zach Allen puts some runners on. Kevin Ginko comes in. He gives up a couple runs that are accredited to Zach Allen, of course. And then it's like, okay, D-backs still up five to three, but they blew that opportunity in the sixth inning. How are they going to respond? Well, in the seventh inning, they were able to load the bases once again because Ketel Marte started off with a single. Then you got a fielder's choice to a Corbin Carroll, but of course, Corbin Carroll, the fast player in baseball, you're not going to double him up. So he's on first. He steals second. Emmanuel Rivera walks, so now it's first and second. Then Christian Walker strikes out swing. It's okay. You got two outs. You still got runners on first and second. Then Josh Rojas walks. Now there's bases loaded again. It's two outs. It's not as easy, but then Pavin Smith. Pops out to the shortstop. So in back-to-back innings, of course, one was a lot easier than the other with the sixth inning having bases loaded no outs. That's obviously a lot easier of an opportunity. You have two chances to at least just get a fly ball or maybe a little dribbler that can score. Like you could take a sacrifice there and still score a run, and that would have greatly helped out this D-backs team. But in the sixth and seventh inning, where base loaded, the D-backs were not able to come through in either scenario, and it ends up buying them in the butt because the bullpen comes in. Kevin Ginkle doesn't exactly look strong. Scott McGuff was actually solid in this game. And then after him, Ruiz, he looked good the first two batters of the ninth inning because Ruiz was just throwing straight gas. Upper 90s, 96, 97, 98. Gets the first two batters out in the ninth inning. And then what happens? Bryson stock gets on base. Trey Turner comes up to the plate. And it's like, okay, Trey Turner, of course, is a superstar, but he's not exactly a power guy, he's not exactly a home run hitter. Yes, he's making a lot of money. Yes, I think he's one of the better places, one of the better players in baseball, but he's not a power guy, and he's been in a season-long slump. Does not matter. 404 feet off Trey Turner's bat because uh, I mean, to be honest, Jose Ruiz did leave it hanging in the strike zone. And on an 85 mile an hour curve, Trey Turner wasted no time. The first pitch he saw, he crushed it, and that was pretty much the ball game there. After that, D-backs go to extra innings. They can't do anything in the top of the ninth, and then the, the Phillies just work. Ruiz in the bottom of the 10th. And if you're wondering why was Ruiz still in the game after giving up that two-run shot in the ninth inning, why is he coming out for the 10th? I think another reason why the D-backs lost this game, it's not just on the bullpen, but it's bullpen fatigue, like I said earlier in the podcast, because I think this bullpen was just overworked recently, just because when you look at the recent game logs by Andrew Chafin, the Kyle Nelsons, the Miguel Castro's, they've all pitched a lot in the last week and a half, and I think all of them just needed a rest for today. So I think that's a big reason why we saw Ruiz pitch in the ninth inning for the save and also pitch in the 10th inning after blowing the save in the ninth. It's like, who else are you going to trust in that scenario? It felt like Ruiz was maybe the best option because we'll talk later on the podcast about is this bullpen good enough and deep enough to really make a postseason run? We'll discuss that later, but for today, the game that the D-backs lost, it felt like a fatigue, just schedule loss because it felt like a lot of the D-backs go-to relievers were just overworked from the last week and a half. The offense couldn't come through with we runners scoring position. And when those two things happen, it's not usually a good thing for the D backs. And we saw it lead to a loss in game three of the Philadelphia Phillies. And because of it, they were not able to complete the sweep. And that made me very upset. But one thing that does not make me upset because coming up, we're going to talk about the. What do I want to talk about first? I guess we'll talk about the D backs rotation and who should stay in the rotation. Post Zach Davies coming back, but one thing that doesn't make me upset is talking about Bird Dogs because Bird Dogs is this great new sponsor for our podcast. And what do they do exactly? Well, they're a retail apparel online store that has pants and shorts. And I'm currently wearing a pair of Bird Dog shorts because Bird Dog was nice enough to send every lockdown host a pair of shorts, and I absolutely. I absolutely love these things because they're super comfortable. And the best part is they're the perfect length, right above my knee where I like it. And you could do them, you could wear them to do pretty much anything. If you want to go to the gym, work out, get a sweat in, you could do that. Want to walk around your neighborhood, want to just you know, leisure around your house, maybe go to the movies. These bird dog pants are perfect for every scenario. They're comfortable. They're cool, and once again, they're comfortable, which is the most important thing because I'm a guy who cares about comfortability. So if you want your own bird dog pants, go to birddogs.com, use promo code MLB and guess what? If you go to Bird Dogs and you use promo code LOCKDOWNMLB, they'll throw in a Bird Dogs Yeti-style Tumblr if you don't know what that is, it keeps your bevies cold, your soup's hot. I use one every day. Bird Dog sent me one. I think I have it right here actually. Yep. Here's my Bird Dog's tumbler right here for my YouTube audience if you're watching. So, please go to birddogs.com, use promo code LOCKDOWNMLB, get some pants, get some shorts and get that free tumbler with every order. Let's get back into the podcast, and let's discuss who should stay in the D-backs rotation when Zach Davies comes back, because Zach Davies, I believe, is in rehab right now in double A. He's working his way back to the D-backs, because quietly, I do think Zach Davies is a solid pitcher. I have a lot of respect for Zach Davies. I don't know how other D backs fans feel about Zach Davies. I feel like sometimes D backs fans are like, get him out the rotation. Let's put a youngster in there. They don't feel like he's a good pitcher. And if you look at the stats by just this year, I think he's only made two starts and he's got a 5'79 year, right? Like he's given up six earned in runs. In his two starts, but his first start of the year, five innings, one earned run. His second start, 4.1 innings, five earned runs. So he's had one good start, one bad start this year. But Based off last season, I thought Zach Davies was really solid last year He had a 4.09 ERA. And just watching him last season, like I just felt like he was a stabilizing force. He was a perfect number five starter. He will probably go five innings, give up between two and four earned runs, and was just solid out there. It was not going to be someone that Pitch a complete game and shut someone down. He had some really good starts last season, but he also had some bad starts, and that's what you get from your number five starter. Zach Davies is not some elite superstar pitcher, but I thought he was a coming force for most of the D-back season last year. Like He had only who starts where he pitched into the seventh inning last season. So it's not like he's going to be a guy that eats innings and gives you depth. That's not the way he does. But if you need someone to just go out there and potentially give you a quality start or at least pitch five innings and give up three earned runs and just keep you in the game, Zach Davies can definitely do that. And I was a big fan of him last season. And I was happy in the offseason when the D-backs decided to re-sign Zach Davies because right now I look at this D-back rotation. I'm like, you know what, Zach Davies? Should be back in the rotation because three youngsters, I don't think you could do that over the course of a full season. I don't think any of them have the arm strength or the skill level right now to probably be, you know, at least not three youngsters in the rotation. I at least want one veteran that, you know, has the makeup to pitch over the course of a full season and can handle that workload because of Tommy Henry, Orion Nelson, and Brendan Fott, all three of them just haven't pitched a full major league regular season. That's a lot of innings, and a lot of those guys hit a wall, and I think a guy like Zach Davies can at least persevere through that wall and eat innings. He's not going to be a major innings eater. He's not like a 200-inning guy, but can Zach Davies pitch 130 innings over the course of a full season, 140 innings? Yes, he can, but when he does come back, who should be moved out of the rotation among the youngsters? Because right now it seems like a Ryan Nelson, a Tommy Henry, Tommy Henry or Brandon Fott will have to make a decision on who to kick out of the rotation. And for me, I think the conversation really does come down to a Ryan Nelson or Brandon Fott, because Tommy Henry, he's probably my least favorite guy, like I said. But if you look at the numbers this season, he's been the best because Tommy Henry so far, four, six, eight year Ray, over 32 innings pitch. 17 earned runs, Ryan Nelson, 502 ERA, 52 innings pitch, 29 earned runs, Brendan Fott, he's got 20 innings pitch and 17 earned runs during that time. And when you look at these three guys, Tommy Henry right now, I think, has the best stats, not just ERA, but if you go to his stat cast, I mean, his fastball, is his worst pitch. He gives up almost a 380 average and almost an 800 slugging on that fastball, but the changeup below 200 average, below a 230 slugging, that curveball, a below a 200 average, a below a 300 slugging, and so you would like to see that from a Tommy Henry. He's improved from last year on his exit velocity last year, 90 mile an hour exit velocity on his pitches this year, 87 miles an hour. He's lowered that sweet spot percentage as well. So that's gone better. So when you just look at Tommy Henry from last year to this year, I just think he's improved as a pitcher overall. He still doesn't strike out enough people, but that's because he doesn't have overpowering stuff. His fastball velocity is actually down from last season. But so far, I think Tommy Henry has looked good this year. I mean, his fastball this year is getting hit way more than it was last year, but his changeup, slider and curveball is getting hit less than it was last year. So there's good and bad to take with Tommy Henry. And of all the youngsters, I think he's probably been the most consistent guy. When I look at Ryan Nelson, Brendan Fott, Ryan Nelson had that really good cup of coffee with the D backs last season, but so far this year, like a Tommy Henry, his fastball is getting crushed. He's given up a 330 average and over a 500 slugging on that fastball, but his cutter, below a 200 average. His slider, below a 230 average. His changeup, a below 150 average. His curveball hasn't been this good this year, though, unfortunately. And Ryan Nelson. Last year to this year, his exit velocity has actually raised. His sweet spot percentage has raised. The hard hit percentage allowed has raised as well. So you don't like to see that. Then when I look at a Brandon Fatt, a lot of those numbers don't really like Brandon Fatt either. Expected slugging, bottom 1%. Waba, bottom 4%. Expected Waba, bottom 3%. Hard hit percentage, bottom 5%. Expected ERA, bottom 3%. So Brandon Fatt, the way he pitches... The stat is telling you he should actually be even worse than what he's shown you so far. On his fastball, he's given up over a 340 average, over a 600 slugging. His sweeper has been elite, a 130 average and a 391 slugging on that. But his changeup has also been crushed as well. So when I look at it between a Ryan Nelson and Brandon Fout, who should get that rotation spot? Well, as it currently stands, Ryan Nelson has more experience. I think between the stats and the numbers, it's a toss-up between these two guys. Maybe Brandon Fott has been more of a struggle, but I want to see Brandon Fott on Friday before I really make a decision right now. I'm probably leaning Ryan Nelson over Brandon Fott because he's had so much more experience on the major league level. I think Brandon Fott's is probably still a little bit more raw. Still a little bit more green, but Brandon Fott against, on Friday, Come going to the D-backs game against the Red Sox, Brandon Fott has a really good start against a Chris Sale, against one of the better offenses in Major League Baseball in the Boston Red Sox. He's able to put together a good outing. I'm ready to re-litigate the conversation between a Ryan Nelson and Brandon Fott. As it currently stands, I'll probably lean a Ryan Nelson. He's been better last season. He has more Major League experience. and over his, And three of his last four starts, he's been good. Now, Brendan Fott has also turned a corner a little bit. He's been better recently as well. I think he probably has better stuff than Orion Ryan Nelson. I think over the course of their careers, Brandon Fott could be a better major league pitcher, but that doesn't mean he's a better major league pitcher right now. And so I wouldn't be upset at all if the D-backs chose Brandon Fott over Orion Ryan Nelson, but it's not like this bullpen is elite. Whoever doesn't win a rotation spot when Zach Davies comes back, I want that guy to be moved to the bullpen the D-backs would probably send him down to AAA so they could still get more rotation spots. But this bullpen needs more help. They don't have enough guys in there. And if you could put someone like Ryan Nelson in the bullpen, someone that we've seen touch 96, 97, I think it would touch it more consistently. If he could just, you know, unload the tank in the bullpen, you don't have to conserve your arm strength. You don't have to work on making sure you could get over the course of five or six innings. Just go out there, throw as hard as you can for one inning. I think a Ryan Nelson's probably better suited for that than a Brandon Fatt. But whoever wins the rotation spot I think will be pretty interesting because, of course, I love seeing these D-backs youngsters in the rotation. But right now, it should probably lean Ryan Nelson over Brandon Fatt once Zach Davis comes back. But like I said, let's see what Brandon Fatt looks like on Friday against this dangerous Boston Red Sox lineup. And coming up, we're going to discuss if the D-backs Bullpen is good enough for them to make a deep postseason run. But before we get there, I want to talk to you guys about Rocket Money because if you have any unwanted subscriptions, Rocket Money can take care of that for you because Rocket Money is a personal Finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, and chances are you're one of them. Like that stars app just to watch one show, or that free gaming trial you never actually used. Rocket Money will quickly and easily find your your subscriptions for you, and for any you don't want to pay anymore, just hit cancel, and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. It's that easy. Stop throwing your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash That's rocketmoney.com slash lockdown MLB. Rocketmoney.com slash lockdown And don't forget to catch every D-Backs pitch on their hometown broadcast when you download the SiriusXM app and search up Diamondbacks. Let's get back into the podcast and discuss if the D-backs bullpen is good enough for a stretch run in the postseason because I think a bullpen is a great mark of whether a team can compete on the highest level because when you look at the Houston Astros, we know about their dominance over the last few years. They've been in the championship series every year since 2017. They've had a dangerous lineup they've also had some you know garbage cans we're not going to really relitigate the whole cheating scandal with the Houston Astros but one underrated part of the Houston Astros team especially last season the Astros had like the best bullpen in Major League Baseball last season and we've seen so many teams over the years really ride those bullpens to the end because a lot of times in the postseason guess what if your starter does not have it early and is struggling. Teams are quick to pull their starter and go to the bullpen right away if that's a strength. It's been one of the Yankees' strengths over the last few years. Of course, they haven't made to the World Series since 09, but they're always in the mix. They're always in the championship series, and you need a quality bullpen. The Phillies last season was one of the weakest parts of their team was the bullpen. But guess what? Right as the postseason hit, guys like Jose Alvarado got hot. Their bullpen got hot, and they were able to ride it to the World Series a bullpen they can count on and trust is so important in Major League Baseball. We saw a few years ago with the Kansas City Royals, they had one of the better bullpens and they were able to ride that to a World Series appearance. You look at any World Series runner-up or winner over the last decade, they probably had one of the better bullpens in Major League Baseball. And it's a big question for the d backs if this bullpen is good enough to compete on the biggest level because... We know the D-backs have talked about urgency and taking this season seriously, and Mike Hazen has addressed in the offseason bullpen concerns because over the last, since 2020, I think the bullpen has been the biggest issue for the D-backs because they signed a lot of over-the-hill, past-their-prime relievers who were just awful for this D-backs team, and we've seen so many losses get blown. 2021 was so bad, the D-backs won barely 50-plus games that season, and the bullpen was a huge reason because over the last few years, this has been one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball when it comes to closing games. And once again, we saw it in that finale against the Phillies. This year, it's been like below league average. It hasn't been the worst in Major League Baseball like it's been in the past, but we're league average or worse when it comes to closing games and just bullpen overall. And when I do look at this D-backs bullpen right now, it does give me some hope and some confidence because it is way better than it has been in the last few years. Andrew Chafin, 326 ERA. He's got seven saves. Scott McGuff hasn't exactly been perfect this year. There's been a whole lot of games where he's given up the lead. There's been a whole lot of games where you could look at the loss and directly put it on Scott McGuff's shoulders. But even with that being said, a 407 ERA isn't terrible. And actually, if I look it up, Scott McGuff's ERA might actually be even higher after today's. D backs loss or low, I should say, because I'm doing this, of course, looking at Baseball Reference, and of course they never update it the same day. So Scott McGuff actually has a 3.86 ERA after the finale against the Philadelphia Phillies. So Schaefer 3.26, McGuff 3.86, Miguel Castro 2.42 five saves. Kevin Ginkle, I mean, after today's game, did his ERA even move? It actually moved down. Two nine five year right now for Kevin Ginkgo, if you could believe that. That's one of the most overrated ERAs I've seen. And then Kyle Nelson, 2 And then Jose Ruiz, I mean, entering the finale against the Phillies. It was a 3.5. Now it's a 7-1-5. But even with Ruiz not counted in the mix, we'll count Joe Mantiply 2-3-5. Like, Joe Mantiply 2-3-5 ERA. So, like, if you just look at some of these D-backs relievers, Chafin, sub-3-5. Scott McGuff, sub-4. Miguel Castro, sub-3. Kevin Ginkgo sub three, Kyle Nelson sub three, Joe Mantiply sub three. Like when you look at the bullpen just on paper, you're like, oh, the D backs have like five or six options that they can trust and put in there to save games, to high leverage moments, stuff like that. But that's not the case. And this D backs bullpen is just not trustworthy enough right now for that deep postseason run. Could they get hot? Possibly. I think part of the reason why this D backs bullpen is not super trustworthy and why. A game like that last one against the Philadelphia Phillies, we saw that fatigue is because of those youngsters in the rotation that don't go super deep. It's not like Tommy Henry's going and giving you eight innings every start. He has been better recently, pitching into the sixth and seventh inning and giving you more quality starts, but you can't count that. You can't count on that every game. Same with Ryan Nelson, same with Brandon Fott. A lot of the times, if you get five good innings out of those guys, you feel very good, and that puts a lot of strain on the bullpen. I do think this bullpen is solid, I do think it's pretty good, but. I don't think it's elite. I don't think it's good enough to make a deep postseason run. I think the D-backs need at least one more trustworthy arm that you can pluck from the bullpen and say, you know what, go out there and give me a big strikeout with bases loaded. We're in this jam. Can you bail me out in this situation? I think the D-backs need at least one more guy, one more flamethrower in that back end of the bullpen. And the D-backs do have a nice mix. Chafin's a lefty. Nelson's a lefty. Mantle is the lefty. Mischewitz. I don't even know how to say his name. Anthony Mischewitz. He's the lefty as well. McGough righty. Castro righty. Ginko righty. Like, there's a nice mix of lefties and righties in the bullpen. If you remember the last couple of years, it was like, okay, Joe Mantiply, Lefty. Elite. We feel good. And then after him, our lefties. Ah, uh, Caleb Smith. It was a big drop off after Joe Mantiply, But now you got Mantiply, Chafin, Kyle Nelson. Like, you feel good about that. Miguel Castro. Kevin Ginkle, like you probably feel like you need another righty in the bullpen more than anything. And the D-backs should go out there, trade deadline, go after righty. I think the D-backs will try to make moves at the deadline and maybe address this bullpen. Because like I said, they've been talking about urgency, taking this season seriously, trying to compete and to do that you need to have a good rotation. You need to have a good offense. You need to have a good bullpen. And right now, I don't think this bullpen is good enough. I don't think the rotation is good enough. So I want to see how Mike Keeson handles it. Is he going to add another veteran starter? I mean, of course, Zach Davies is coming back, but we need a little bit higher of a ceiling than Zach Davies if the D-backs really want to try and compete for World Series this year. I think you probably need at least one more right-handed flamethrower in that bullpen as well. So I want to see what Mike Hazen does to address those concerns because right now, I don't think this bullpen is good enough to compete for a World Series. But guess what? Is this bullpen good enough to compete for a wild card spot? Yes, it is because we've never had four to six relievers that we feel like are at least solid that we could trust and throw out there. Maybe trust is a strong word, but at least feel like, okay, we got a chance with this guy because a lot of times in the past, you had like two guys that you're like, okay, if these two guys get hurt, if one of these guys get hurt, the bullpen is in shambles. At least this year, you feel like you have four to six options, which is a lot deeper than it was in the past, but could it still be improved and could it still be better? Yes, it can. So I do think Mike Hazen will address those concerns over the course of a season, but the bullpen is at least good enough to compete for a wild card, but I want it to be good enough to compete for a World Series. Now that's it for this edition of the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast. Come back tomorrow for more Diamondbacks news coverage and insight. Thank you for making Lockdown Diamondbacks your first listen every day. Don't forget, put hashtag everydayer in the comments section on YouTube if you do listen every day. Don't forget to catch every D-backs pitch on their hometown broadcast when you download the SiriusXM app and search up Diamondbacks. Come back tomorrow for more Diamondbacks news coverage and insight. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. says.